that talk is Jericho. It is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And of course, it is Friday. And today, I got one of the hottest free agents, one of the most talked about guys in the biz, definitely the most famous enhancement guy over the last couple of years. He was just on SmackDown, making his triumphant return on Tuesday night. The match was supposed to be Cena and Ambrose versus AJ Styles and this man until a Miz came down and beat him up from behind. I'm talking about James Ellsworth. That's right, the man with no chin, the man who has made his mark in the WWE in only two small appearances. I love James Ellsworth, but actually, I knew nothing about him. Uh, I just knew that I wanted to talk to him and found out that James has been wrestling on the indie scene for 14 years now. He even runs his own promotion in the Baltimore area. We're going to hear Mr. Ellsworth's story, find out how he got connected with the WWE, what he thought when they told him he'd be working with Braun Strowman, and what the last couple months of his life have been like since his first Raw appearance. Whirlwind! He's got his own t-shirt and everything. Any man with two hands stands a fighting chance. Yeah, tell that to Luke Skywalker, James Ellsworth. We got Mr. Ellsworth here. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, concert I went to last night at Madison Square Garden. I got to tell you, right now, one of the best shows I've seen. Talk about ACDC with Axl Rose on vocals. Now, I know there's a lot of people that were a little bit mad when Brian Johnson was uh, dismissed from ACDC, left, whatever the story was. I'll tell you this, though. Axl Rose is the one guy that could fill the shoes of Brian Johnson to the highest of levels. A, because of his vocal abilities. The guy can sing like a mofo, hit every note. I got to tell you, Hell's Bells has got to be one of the highest melody lines in the history of, of, of rock and roll. If you're a singer, try and sing it. It's impossible. Axel nails it, nailed it. Uh, another reason, his look. He looks like a pirate. Another reason, his name value. You can't just replace Brian Johnson with some guy out of a pub if you're going to be filling up arenas. Axel Rose has the presence, has the name value, the curiosity factor, and plus he killed it. All right? Another thing is, I always felt that Brian Johnson sang the Bon Scott songs because that was his job. That's what he had to do. You can tell that Axel is singing the songs because he is a Bon Scott fanatic. He kills the Bon songs uh, and the Brian songs too, but he's just got that swagger of Bon Scott. Uh, I, I think that he's, like I said, he's the perfect guy for the job. As a matter of fact, there's two other names that popped in my head for vocal ability and for uh, name value that could sing, sing, sing for ACDC. One, Sammy Hagar. Uh, Look-wise, image-wise, probably not as good as Axel. He'd be wearing those red pajamas on stage or whatever he wears. The other one would be Steven Tyler. I think Steven Tyler would have done a great job with ACDC. But Angus, uh, sorry, Axel is the guy. Another thing I loved, you could tell that Axel was doing it for the right reasons, out of respect. Every time he finished singing a part, he sat back at the amps with Stevie Young and Cliff Williams. He wasn't trying to be the star of the show. He never crossed a head of Angus. He stayed in the back. It was just a great, great experience. And the set list on top of that, not only were they playing all the hits, they played a lot of obscurities, a lot of Bon Scott obscurities. Livewire, you kidding me? Uh, if You Want Blood, You Got It, Rock and Roll Damnation, Sin City, Riff Raff, Shot Down in Flames, High Voltage. I mean, you got some pretty, pretty, uh, even given the dog a bone, have a drink on me. I mean, I know they played some of those with Brian, but just the whole set, the whole vibe. It was a great, great night. Um, the whole band, Anthrax, was there. They had a day off. I had no idea. I get there and see Scott and Charlie and John and Frankie and, uh, and, and all the guys there, Joey, which was really, really cool. Uh, and Scott and Charlie loved the ACDC show, which is funny because they're ACDC fanatics, ACDC snobs, if you will. And I was almost thinking, oh, there's no way that, uh, you know, that they're going to like it as much as they did. They did. So that was really cool. Um, most random, I went with my good friend Jack Slade, who is the, the, the uh, son of drummer Chris Slade, Talk is Jericho alumni. we got to get Chris Slade back on the show to talk about all his ACDC experiences since before uh, when he was on, he hadn't been invited back in the band yet. But it was me, Jack Slade, Paul Heyman, <laughs> most random. And then sitting right down the row from us, about eight seats away, was, uh, was Bubba Dudley. So it was Bubba Dudley, Chris Jericho, Paul Heyman at the ACDC concert. Yeah, talk about just the most random of, uh, <laughs> of friends at the show. Uh, so it was a great show. And also Norman Reedus was there. I didn't even know. He was even at the after party with Scott and Charlie. And I was talking to, to Scott about Walking Dead. How did he not tell me Norman Reedus is there drove me nuts? Listen, Norman Reedus has to be on Talk to Jericho. If you agree, hit, hit, hit him up at 
Big Bald Head on the Twitter, at Big Bald Head, and say, Norman, you got to do Talk is Jericho. And if you think that you know somebody else that could have been a great replacement for Brian Johnson besides Axel, Steven Tyler, or Sammy Hagar, hit me up on the Twitter, at Talk is Jericho, and throw some names at me and see. And also, who do you think could be a good replacement for Cliff Williams, who's going to be leaving ACDC as well uh, at the end of this tour, which is almost over i think there's two more shows so lots of stuff to talk about i want you to hit me up let's talk about acdc i gotta do an acdc podcast one of these days just like i did the motley crew one with uh bubba and um and dolph but right today no acdc talk uh we're talking to james ellsworth the man who has taken the WWE enhancement world by storm and here he is mr james ellsworth all right, so um, we are here backstage in Baltimore with one of the hottest free agents in the wrestling business, Mr. James Ells- Ellsworth is here. And uh, what a story, because I was telling you a couple seconds ago that uh, my show is about interesting people, interesting stories, and it wasn't maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, that you became the, the most talked about guy in, in wrestling, basically. Right, yeah, and it was all very unexpected. Like, I, you know, when you come to the Raw or SmackDown or any TV tapings as an extra talent, you know, even if you get on, you don't expect people to care afterwards. You go in there, you do your job, and then, you you know, you just pretty much forgotten about mm-hmm. I had no idea, like, that that all was going to happen, that I was going to be, like, an Internet thing afterwards. Sensation. Yeah. And, yeah, <laughs> like, I'm a very humble guy, so I hate, like, using words it. like, yeah, yeah, Sorry, yeah. But, um, yeah, I had no clue, man, that was going to happen. I think everyone know? was talking about it because it was a, a couple things. First of all, it was right after the brand split, uh, where it was Ron Smith right. split. And so we kind of were reintroducing squash matches with, like, the enhancement mm-hmm. guys. So I think you were the first maybe squash match that we'd seen or, or one of the first that we'd seen in a while. And plus, too, I think just the, the, your look. I mean, you're right. a very unique-looking yeah, guy. Yeah, very different, yeah. And I think <laughs> the combination of those two just made you stand out. It was like, who the hell is this guy? You know, because we were even looking at you earlier in the day, and it's like, man, like we like look at this guy. Like, there's a bunch of guys. There's usually big guys, and then here you are, a smaller guy, right. very interesting look, chinless type of guy, right? <laughs> right, right. And yeah. that's it. All kind of ended up with you being in the perfect storm of getting this amazing opportunity. Right. Yeah. The uh, chinless thing. I thank my parents for that because they they're both chinless. So uh, <laughs> that's where that came from. So that's what got me over. So I thank my parents for getting me over. <laughs> they, neither one of them had a chin. No chin. Yeah, that's right. what we were saying. No chins here. But I mean, so, so tell us about, about your day. Um, first of all, had you done enhancement matches for the WWE before? No. Uh, actually, um, I've been coming up for a couple of years now. I've never done an enhancement match. A lot of the times when I was here, they just haven't done them. Like you were saying, like when you guys did the brand split and, uh, you know, that was like I was the first one and that's the first one you've done in a while. So, yeah, no, I've never done the enhancement talent match, but I was a rosebud a couple of times for Adam Rose. So that was OK. So you yeah. had come to the WWE to do to do extra work. Right. Yes. Yeah. So what were you as a rosebud? I uh, <laughs> I wore the uh, cheeseburger outfit. <laughs> so it was fun. <laughs> oh, gimmick, a gimmick infringement on the actual cheeseburger. Yeah. So what was the, the, the directive when you were uh, a rosebud? Oh, you just, you know, they, they had the costumes in the uh, in the truck, and you just pick out your own costume. They kind of look at you and make sure, you know, you fit with for what they needed for that. And, yeah, that's that's what I did every time. So. Just walk to the ring and act like you're high on ecstasy. Or right, yeah. And, I, and, you know, me, I look like I, I belong in a rave anyway. So, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> yeah, worked, it worked for me. I was the perfect rosebud, I thought. <laughs> so. so you'd come a few times uh, in the Baltimore area, which is where you live in this area, wherever right. it may be. So how did it finally, the, the big match that you had with Braun Roman, how did that come about? Well, you know, we're there that day at Rawls, July 25th in Pittsburgh, Console Energy Center, and um, Arn Anderson was the agent for the match, and he had all this, the uh, local talent around the ring, and he, and he just walked up to me and said, hey, kid, let me see you throw a punch. So I threw a punch on one of the other local guys, and he said, you know what, kid, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, then he got me in the ring with Strowman, asked me to you know, throw a punch and see how it looked with Strowman because I was part of the match, and I did that. And he said, no, good job, kid. He said, well, we'll put you on Raw tonight with Strowman. I said, oh, cool. I'm very excited. So it, was that, it was that quick? That quick. So yeah. obviously they were looking for someone to do to do the enhance, enhancement match. Mm-hmm. And probably the same thing, like I said, they see you standing there like he's a smaller guy. Interesting look. Right. Let's see if he can even work at all. Right. Because yeah. as far as we know, you could be just some guy off the street, like your first day of wrestling school, and mm-hmm. let's go down to see the WWE, right? Right, yeah. And um, 
I, well, they've seen me a couple of times. We do before SmackDown. Usually, we do practice matches, so I've done n- numerous of those. So Arn seen me before do that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he remembered or not. not you know, they see so many guys every week. There's guys every week at every tapings, as you know. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, it worked out that way. It was cool. Well, and let me something you just said is interesting to me. So uh, talking about being you know a local guy, enhancements of. Uh, uh, you know, an industry word, but you're a local dude. You live in the area. Mm-hmm. So, how does it work to get booked on a WWE show? And what does that entail? Like, what do you do? So, first of all, how do you even get booked in the first place? Well, on um, .com, WWE.com, they have a recruit site. You go in there, and it's, it's kind of like a job application. Hmm. You go in there and. No pun intended. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and um, you go in there and do it just like any other job application. Send your resume, and they'll email you, you know, yeah, you're nay. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way it's always worked with me. So you send in like your like what you've done, where you've been, you know, p- a picture, an eight by ten, right? Yeah, people, you know, that have a name that you may have worked before it always helps because you know you've been in the ring with names before. You might not get starstruck as as much because mm-hmm. you've worked with you know bigger names before. They want to know you have experience. Yes, right, yes. right. Who had you worked with before? Um, I mean, I've worked with a lot. I've been very uh, lucky and fortunate. I've worked with Jake the Snake Roberts a couple of times. Um, you just had uh, Broken Matt Hardy on the podcast. I loved to listen to it. I loved it. I worked with him. I love Matt. And I've worked with him. So those are two of the bigger ones. Uh, I've worked with Nikolai Volkov, uh, Gilberg. Everybody wants to see me uh, work with Gilberg again now, but work with him. <laughs> the dream match. The right. Man dream match. Right. Um, it's been a lot of a lot of ECW guys. Uh, Tommy Dreamer. I've worked with Raven. The so Sandman. you've had a, quite a, a storied career then. Well, in yeah. this area. Yeah, yeah. I've, yeah, I've yeah. been very lucky um, to be booked against those guys. Yeah. Okay, so you get booked for the week. I guess it's a Monday and Tuesday. Right? Uh, this week? Or, no, I'm just saying, like, let's say you're, you're, you're applying to the website. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then they'll call you and say, okay, you're booked for Monday, Tuesday, something like that? or Yeah, it just it depends. You know, if they have a pay-per-view, you'll be booked for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. And if it's just a week where it's just Raw and SmackDown, they'll book you for just the two uh, tapings. Okay. So then you so lead us through your day. Well, you, you check in at 1 o'clock, and we check in with uh, you know either John Cohn, who's a referee here, or Mark Carano, and we do paperwork and everything, and then we go eat at catering, and we just sit around and wait and see if uh, they need us for anything. Mm-hmm. How, do, you just, do you like kind of sit on your own? Do you ever go say hi to anybody? Do you guys look at you or not, not be nice I, to I'm you? I'm a or? big uh, believer in out of sight, out of mind, so I let my presence be known that way. You know, if <laughs> right, they need sure. Friend, right? Yeah. Especially when you're here. Right. If yeah. you're just sitting in the background, you go home, right? No, absolutely. Yeah, it's always. I always make sure I'm visual to everybody. Everybody can see me. Because so. we always see, like, when you come into the backstage area, though, you'll see, like, uh, male talent, female talent, you know, dot-com, extras talent. Yes. So is the extra locker room, is it big, small? Is it a broom closet? Is it, <laughs> is it okay? Um, Sometimes, you know, some towns are better than others. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, I, I'm lucky to be here, and I know it. I'm, I'm sure. very fortunate. So I don't, I don't care where I dress. I'll dress outside the parking lot. <laughs> like, it, it, it don't matter to me, man. I mean, being on the independence for the last 14 years, as I have, I've dressed in U-Hauls. I've dressed in people's yards. Like, <laughs> so it, none of it bothers me at all. But, yeah, it, it just depends on the town where we dress. Okay. So, so you get ready for, for the match with Strowman. And you also so so Arn maybe knows knows you have seen you around. You can throw a decent punch. So then you go you see Strowman. I mean, that guy's like makes me look like a stick. Mm-hmm. He's seventeen times the size of you. Right. Um, what was your reaction to that? Did, did you think like this is going to be fun? This is going to be hard. What am I going to do? Oh man, it, I, my, the whole time I was just thinking I want to do a good job. That's that was that's what was running through my mind the whole day. I just want to do a good job. This is my chance to show them whatever. Like you know, even out the, when you do an enhanced metallic match, you're very limited. But the whole day I was just thinking I need to do a good job. I wasn't like he's the biggest guy I've ever wrestled. I've wrestled big guys before, but he's yeah, like you said, he's a monster. He's the definition of monsters. Yeah. So, but I, the whole day I just wanted to do a good job. Is all I was thinking. Now, when did you find out that you were going to get a promo? Because that's um, what blew me away, that you had, like, what? Right. I don't know if they did that that day, and it, it became a weekly thing after sure. that. Um, but right after we, uh, Aaron told me I was getting a match, and, and Braun and I talked a little bit, uh, they came to me and, like, hey, uh, can you talk? Do you want to talk? And I'm not shy. I'm like, yeah, man, I can talk. Like, you know, I don't, you, you got, you know, when you're here, you very limited chances that anything could happen, you know? And You say uh, yes to everything. Yes. Yeah. And I'm a yes man, like, mm-hmm. like you just said. So, yeah, I can talk. So they, uh, they had me do the promo. And they're like, oh, great, that's good. And, and um, they went with it. Did they give you uh, a script? 
Yeah, they gave me the script, and they, the coolest story about that is they give me the script, and he said, uh, anything you might want to add to that? I was like, well, I'm, I'm hitting them twice. I was like, can I say any man with two hands has a fighting chance? They're like, yeah, that's that's great. Say it. <laughs> like so. And once again, it's such a ridiculous thing to say, but it's like it's a catchphrase. It's classic. Yeah, it's- any man with two hands. But I was like, what are you, are you prejudiced against one-handed guys? <laughs> I've like gotten a, that a lot a now. A one-handed yeah. guy can't do this? Oh, uh, no, not at all. I actually work with uh, people with disabilities, so there's people I know with one-handed. There used to be a guy when I first started out when I set up the rings in, in, uh, in Winnipeg. He was from Minneapolis. He was called the Iron Duke Jim Mitchell, and he only had one hand. That was his gimmick. Oh. He was a one-handed guy. So he would not have had a chance against Braun Strowman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's still around or not, but I, my apologies. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, were you nervous at all about the match? Oh yeah, absolutely. I get nervous before any match because because mm-hmm. I care. Mm-hmm. Like I, me too. I'm, it, I'm the same. Right. Like it doesn't matter if I'm in front of five people or that night it was fifteen thousand. Like I, I always want to do a good job. That's with anything in life. If I'm at a at a regular job, I want to do a good job. I'm just a you know I'm just a big believer right. in it. So right. So I mean, let me say this. So so the, let's say the match that you had before the Strowman match. How many people are in the crowd? Um, think that was July. I'd say about 150, 200 people. So you work against 150 people. Then the next night in front of 15,000. Yes. You got a promo on Raw. Yep. It's a pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool night. Oh, it's a dream come true. I mean, I've been watching every episode of Monday Night Raw since it debuted in 1993. I've seen every episode. Mm-hmm. So it, it was definitely a dream come true. Yes. So what, what did you think of the match? Oh, I thought it was it was cool. I mean, everybody liked it. Like, I didn't care what I thought. I don't care what the agents and everybody thought, but everybody seemed to like it. So, I, and in turn, I liked it because everybody. Well, it was great too because once again, you're just getting thrown around. But it, like, I remember the, the choke slam that you took, the reverse choke slam, and you you put your hand in there like you're getting crucified, and then this look on your face like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Right. Like, it just worked out. It was like the ultimate squash match. Where you played your part perfectly. I appreciate that, especially coming from you. That means a lot. I'm a big fan of yours, obviously. So I was stoked when you asked me to do this. And yeah, man, just everything just lined up great for me. I, I was very blessed about how it all happened. How, what kind of reaction did you get when you walked through the curtain? Oh, it was another good story. Um, so I come through the curtain. Arn comes up to me and he said, you did a very good job, kid. He said, Vince wants to see you. I'm like, Vince wants to see me? Like, what? So I go up to Gorilla where Vince is, and he's coming down the stairs looking for me. He's like, come here. He said, good job, kid. Great job. And shook my hand, and that meant the world coming from him, obviously. You know, he, Yeah, Vince McMahon coming to tell you great job. Yeah, but it meant the world to me. So that was and, the and you know what, that, That's not something that happens very often. Okay. I've come through know. the curtain a thousand times and got <laughs> nothing. So, you know, just to, just so you know, that's not – a little detail that's well, a huge thing that's good to know for Vince yeah. to do that cool at Bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every basket every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at Bet365 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. So you walk out, you walk back in the dress room. What's the reaction from your other peers that were there that night, from the fans, from your family? Tell us a little bit about, about the few hours afterwards. Oh, man, like I said before, I didn't expect all the, you know, social media stuff afterwards. I just figured, oh, my friends and family, oh, cool, you're on Raw. That's awesome. You always wanted to be on Raw, and, and you were on it. I expected that, and acquaintances and everything to say, cool, you were on there. I didn't expect all the all the memes and all the social media hashtags and everything. It was very unexpected, and it was very cool, obviously. I mean, mm-hmm. a guy like me been wrestling 14 years and, you know, always thought I wouldn't have a chance to, to sure. do anything. And that, that was, you know, it was a dream come true I, for me, definitely. You know what I was thinking when you came out? Like like I said, because at the start of the day, and this is not a cut down. You'll understand what I'm saying. Okay. You know, you see the, the local guys. And it's like, oh, there's a bunch of local guys. Look at that guy. Look at that. There's no chin over there. Look at him. <laughs> then... Oh, he's got a match. Then he does a promo, and I remember saying, "I was like, that was a, that was a hell of a promo." Then you do the match. Then afterwards, it's like you were the hero of the dressing room. We're all like, "Yes, Ellsworth, <laughs> Ellsworth!" To the point where I even got or the referee sticks. Yes. I said, "What was his name?" Because we didn't even know what your name was, right? Right. Because I can't remember if I heard the announcement, or whatever. And he said, "It's James Ellsworth." I said, "You get his number," mm. and he got your number, and I called you. Right, when yeah. You're driving home. Tell it, me, what did you think about that? Yeah, well, Sticks, he's actually um, a good friend of mine. When he was on the Independence, he was my referee a lot. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he called me. He's like, Jericho wants to talk to you. I was like, yeah, stop, Ribby. And then he put you on the phone. I'm like, 
oh hey <laughs> like so I, I was cool I, was, I mean you know you were not kissing your butt because it was your podcast but you're one of my favorites so for you to you know call me and want to talk to me was was all, totally awesome to me I, but that's the thing like everybody like I think uh, somebody else talked to you too who else was there Enzo 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 yeah right right so but that was like not a, a joke or a rib it was like I want to tell this guy you know good job man right because I was thinking like because I'm a small guy too in the business mm-hmm. When I first got in the business, people were like, you got to be crazy. Like, there's no yeah. way. And I was thinking, this guy probably told people he was a wrestler for years. People mm-hmm. kind of like, whatever. And now you're on Raw, Monday Night Raw. Yep. Anybody that ever said you couldn't do it, it's like that's a big shove right up their ass. Right. You know yeah. Oh, I mean? yeah. Those thoughts do go through your head. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you, you, those thoughts have went through your head a lot of times. Yeah. Everything you have accomplished. So, yeah, absolutely. Those thoughts that go through my head. Are you, are you married? Do you have kids? Or? I, I have uh, two daughters. How old are your daughters? Four and 18 months. Okay. So they're a little bit young to understand. Uh, yes. Well, the four-year-old maybe got to see you. Um, the four-year-old, yeah, and um, Michael Cole on Raw actually actually said I looked like Tweety Bird. So <laughs> my daughter now, my four-year-old daughter, Leah, she uh, goes around the house every day and says, Tweety Bird Ellsworth, Tweety Bird, all day. It's, it's funny, man. So, yeah, he got me over, <laughs> Michael Cole. So did that help you um, with, with bookings or with at least with presents being being on Raw? Oh, yeah, man. I, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Big Time Wrestling. I haven't, but they, they're they're a good. Out of they run everywhere. They do oh. bigger shows. They, they book Sting a lot. For Is Flair. it big time out of out of the Bay Area? They um they're uh, out of uh, Ma- Massachusetts. Okay, there there okay. is one over there though. Yeah, gotcha. So this is the East Coast version. Yeah, yeah, and they run a lot of towns and they draw very well. And so I, I've been doing a, some of their shows, but now they're booking me all the time because of that. So that was cool. I actually run my own shows as well. Um, you do? Yeah, here in Maryland and, and in Pennsylvania. It's a, a no adrenaline. kidding. See, that's what okay. you're saying. And here's what I love about this business. So you mentioned and. I want to get into this and talk about it. You know, your 14 year career and I've been in the business for 26 years and I never heard the name James Ellsworth. Right. As soon as we see what you could do, it's like, man, now like everyone knows your name and sometimes all it takes is that one break. Right. It might take a year. It might take 14 years, but now you got it. Now you're kind of on the radar. Right. But tell us about how did you get into wrestling? Once again, being a small guy, how, how was it perceived when you first told your friends and your family that you wanted to do this? Oh, my parents, they, they were so against it. Like, <laughs> I, um, I started wrestling two days after I graduated high school. I was 17 years old, and I just I wanted to do it my whole life. And as soon as I graduated, I took my graduation money. You know how you get money when you graduate? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I joined up to a wrestling school who uh, was ran by Axel Rotten, ECW original. No kidding. Yeah. He recently just passed away. Yeah, and he became one of my best friends. That's and, right, because Axel's from Baltimore. Yes. Yeah. No kidding. So Axel trained you? Yes. Yeah. That's cool, man. You know, it's funny because, um, you know, Axel and I barely knew each other. But I always had an affinity for him because he was a it was always cool to me in ECW, which mm-hmm. a lot of guys sometimes weren't. But when Kiss did the reunion tour, he was a big Kiss fan, oh, so yeah. was I. And I never got a chance to see the tour because I was, you know, we're always working or I was in Japan or whatever. And he goes, "Listen, you pick a day and I'll go with you." We went and saw them in Richmond, Virginia, and he's like, "Don't worry, there's going to be there'll be scalpers outside. We'll find tickets." And of course, there were none, wow. so we had to scrounge and try. we eventually found tickets. But I'll never forget, like you know, he's like, "Oh, he, he, he took me to kiss with him," <laughs> and I just I always had that affinity for him. Towards the end of his life, tried to you know help him out as much as I could and kind of be there for him a little bit before he passed away. So. Yeah, he um he liked to go to concerts. Like I'm a big fan of the Offspring. That was another thing. The Offspring. Yeah, I have an Offspring tattoo. So that was another thing that was all over social media. Was my Offspring. That's tattoo. what it is. Yeah. I thought it was like some kind of weird, like smudged up demon or something. Uh, I've had it since I was 18. I'm 31 now. So <laughs> yeah. an Offspring tattoo. Yeah, so that was the last concert I went with him. Was the Offspring. He took me. That's, oh no that's, kidding. That's cool. Yeah, he he just liked to go to concerts and he liked to you know mm. take somebody with him and have a good time. So he, he, he had him on talk as Jericho. And the one thing I felt mm. is that he. Felt a little bit misrepresented as being known as like a hardcore right. deathmatch type of guy. He also wanted to be known as a guy who could actually wrestle, but that was not the role he was cast in. Yeah, that's not how he became popular. But mm-hmm. he was uh, he worked for Lawler, you know, back in the early '90s for USWA. Mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, and so uh, he, a lot of people, if they go and find those DVDs or tapes that they were back then, and you can actually see him work. He was he was awesome. He knew his stuff very well. So Axel is your trainer. What's he telling you when you come into wrestling school? Is he saying you're too small or you can do this or like because wh- that was always the thing, especially for me. You're too small. You're too small. Yeah, I, I just became friends. He took a liking to me, and I mean, which it's it was crazy to me because we're very different in a lot of ways. <laughs> but uh, 
he he just always took care of me. He you know he would just he he would say, oh man, it's gonna be hard for you because you're small. But he never said you ne- you can't do this because you're mm-hmm. small. But he did say it's gonna be harder. So how did you combat that? Because if, you, if you're talking about like the size issue, a guy like Ray Mysterio, obviously super high flyer. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy like myself, I really worked on the the personality and the charisma. Like I knew I could never be the biggest guy physically, but maybe I could have the biggest character and the biggest personality. What was your mindset? When you got in, well, I mean, like being a smaller guy, you have to sell a lot, and I just like I just want to show everybody I take a butt whooping, which you know here it is, 14 years later, and that's how I became you know <laughs> on the radar, as you said, that's like right. for taking a nice butt whooping. And <laughs> I always thought that, like, man, I'm learn how I need to learn how to sell really well because that's all I'm going to be doing my whole career is selling. Mm-hmm. So that, that's the mindset I had with being a smaller guy. Who was your first match against? Um, it's a funny story. I, I don't know if you really considered a um, first match but I uh, it was at a we had birthday parties at our wrestling school where kids would come in and you know pay to have a birthday party there it was probably in front of like 16 17 kids and I was so wearing they would come into into like the warehouse where the ring was set up yes. where the party would be yeah so it's the first time I, I had a match in front of a you know a small crowd and I was wearing a mask and it was against uh, Alexis Lurie you know Mickey James oh yeah she was you know, before she uh, got signed right Alexis Lurie was her name back in, uh-huh. in Independence and that's that's and first match against Mickey James. yeah yeah I have a lot of weird <laughs> stories man and let's hear yeah, and, that's um, what you're here for let's say I wrestled her I was, and they had a, a hood on me because I looked so young back then and the hood was going sideways and I couldn't see and she was for RB and it, oh man it was a disaster what was your, what was your, what was your name <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I hold it was sub. You know, it's sub Axel. Alaska. Yeah. So, and why were you wrestling against a, a woman? Uh, that, that's just who happened to be there that day when they did the birthday parties. Just whoever was there just did a match for the kids, and I. <laughs> Now, here's something that we have in common. I did a birthday party, uh, wrestled a birthday party once, same thing, in a barn in Okotoks, Alberta. Um, and I think the mums were more excited to see me than the kids were, because the kids had never seen me on TV, but the mums were just happy to see a half-naked guy with some muscles. Right. It was February, it was minus 30, and I got paid with a hot dog and a glass of orange juice. That sounds delicious. <laughs> did you get anything for your birthday party match? A piece of cake and some ice cream. <laughs> there you go. I don't know which is better. So that was your first off and, here, off and run, and here we go. Yeah, that was, I mean, like I said, like, it wasn't the official first match, but that was the first time I was in a ring in front of people. My first match, and like that was an, at an actual show, I really I can't remember. I, I think it was against a guy named Lord DeVore, just an independent guy, and he was a, he was a bigger guy, and mm-hmm. I remember it being quick. I, I do remember. I think that was my first match. How many matches? Did you have before you won one? <laughs> Probably about 250. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you started your own promotion. Right, yeah, so I could put <laughs> myself over. I'm actually not one of those guys at all. <laughs> no, I don't. Who, do you remember who your first win was against? No. Okay. no, no. So you're just, you, you're just a working man going out there and, and taking the matches when you get them. Yeah. I've always been a guy like a detail guy, write down you know, places and, and, and guys and names and all that sort of stuff. It seems like you just show up and ride down the road to the next one. Right, yeah. I wish I would have done that. I know a lot of guys that do that, write down what they did and where and all that. I always mm-hmm. wish I would have done that and I never did but yeah I just you know I, I love to wrestle I love telling stories using the art form of professional wrestling that's that's my passion and so yeah like you said I just like to go to town to town and do it hmm. that's me. so what's your psychology when you have a match let's like, say you and I were going to have a match and you were calling it let's say I was a green guy because you mentioned like right. telling stories what story would you tell uh, with you I mean you're bigger than me everybody's bigger than me <laughs> so I mean yeah like, I just like to sell the, uh, the story would be I, I mean you're not much bigger than me like you're a lot more just, if we're standing in the ring together it's not going to I'm not going to look like Andre the Giant by any means. Right. You know, well, that's one thing I noticed that when you're in the ring mm-hmm. and people are sitting a few rows back. Right. Unless you're Mysterio or Big Show, everyone in between <clears throat> pretty much looks similar, right, size-wise. Right. Like I was always taught um, that if you don't if you don't have an angle with the guy, you always chain wrestle. You lock up, feel the guy out, and you know work around the ring. That's the first thing you do. And mm-hmm. then you know, typical. I, I, I'm old school. I like the baby face and heel stuff. So you, you tell that story of who's the heel and who's the baby face even before you lock up. You know, with the crowd and. Then, and then you do it with, with the uh, art form of wrestling. You, you lock up, and the baby face gets over at the beginning, gets his shine. The heel does the cutoff, works the heat. You get your little hope spots, and then mm-hmm. you go home. That's, do, you, do you work baby face and heel? I was doing heel a lot before this happened. Now I'm baby face everywhere doing James Ellsworth. But, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I did a lot of heel work before then. Um, myself and my tag team partner, I was actually pretty Jimmy, which I'm not pretty at all. That's the gimmick. <laughs> my tag team partner's Adam Ugly, and our tag team name was Pretty Ugly. There you go. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So pretty ugly was on the scene. This is so your name was not James Ellsworth no. before you came up here. What was your, what's your wrestling name? It, it was pretty Jimmy Dream before then. Jimmy yeah. Dream. Yeah, pretty Jimmy pretty Dream. Pretty Jimmy Dream. Right. JD. Yep. <laughs> pretty JD. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Talk is Jericho. I'm sitting here with James Ellsworth. He's been blowing up the internet as the latest, uh, the hottest thing in the WWE, the enhancement guy who's taken the nation by storm. So when you got to WWE, uh, Jimmy, did they know you were working as Jimmy Dream? And did they say you needed to change uh, change your name? Well, I, I kind of knew that wasn't going to... Like, I didn't even tell them. They're like, well, what name should you use? Come up with some names. And I always... Ellsworth's my shoot middle name. And I always knew that was, like, different. It's a great middle name. Yeah, it's, I'm the third, too. So my dad and my grandfather share the same first, middle, James and James Ellsworth, thing. one, two, and three. Yeah, and there's, three, there's three of us. And um, so, yeah, I said, what about James Ellsworth? They laughed. They're like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like, so... See, but the thing is, if that's a name, like... like I'm not just saying this, once again, because you're here. That's like a Batista or a Goldberg in that it stands out. Right. You know, like, I remember when Seamus first came in. I think it was Seamus O'Shaughnessy, and Vince was like, get rid of the O'Shaughnessy. You, you know, Dave Batista, get rid of the Dave... James Ellsworth is it's actually a pretty memorable name. Yeah, it's cool. It yeah, sounds different. cool. Like Jimmy Dream sounds like a gimmick name. It is, yeah. James Ellsworth, like I don't know for whatever reason, like that seems like a, like a thing, yeah. right? Yeah, not a lot of people have the name Ellsworth that I know of anyway. Yeah, so. yeah, especially in the business, especially now that you've used that on Raw, that could be your you know your calling card. Yeah, it's, I've been doing it ever since. I was like, well, I mean, I, I got to go with this. Got to go with the money, I right? Love it. Yeah, I love it. It's, Did it's you increase fun. your booking fee with Ellsworth? Well, yeah, of nice. course. See? Another thing Axel taught me: if you get a little bit of steam, you better <laughs> use it correctly. So, what do you think Axel would uh, would think about? Oh this? man, it, it, it's uh, it's sad because I really wish he was here to see it. He would love it because you know he was a fun guy. He yeah. would be loving it. He he would call me probably every hour just to talk about it. If he see, was here. he understood the the the. Not the gimmick side, like the, I got the, the not taking yourself too seriously side of wrestling, right? And that sometimes this is what it takes. And he would be laughing at the fact that 14 years now you're on a roll because of that, right? Yeah, he would he'd be eating it up. I knew no, he would, and I, I really wish he was here to see it. So. so tell us a little bit more about your promotion. How long have you had your your company? What's it called? Um, it's called Adrenal- Adrenaline Championship Wrestling. Mm-hmm. If anyone can I plug it real quick? It's Please. cool. I, I don't want to plug it's, away. It's adre- adrenalinewrestling.com. It's hard for you to say that. Adrenaline. I could say it. I could do it. <laughs> Adrenaline there, adrenalinewrestling.com. And, um, yeah, it's been around since 2009. I, I, I wasn't the owner at first, but I, I took it over in 2013. And we run here in Maryland and in Pennsylvania. I'm actually a licensed promoter in both states. And, um, yeah, we just – I do, like, 20 shows a year, 14 in Maryland because it's easier for me because I'm around the area, and six in Pennsylvania with my friend uh, Chris, uh, Chris Ashton. He uh, lives up there, so he helps me promote the shows. So what, do you, what does it you need to do to get a promoter's license? Oh, it's it's not easy. Like um, I don't think it is. Yeah, you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank. Um, you well, have, would they say you need it? Like you need to have at least a thousand dollars in the bank. Something, or, yeah, really? like okay. of, yeah, of that nature. And you have to have like a clean criminal record and um, you know stuff like that. A good credit. Hmm. And all that. Now, so. why do you have to have a certain amount of money in the bank? I guess so you can pay the boys. So you won't which, rip guys off. Yeah, yeah. Which a big one. Pay the boys. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. The See, that, that's the side of the coin I've never been on. I've done everything in this business except I've never been a promoter. Because that seems like there's some risk involved. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're obviously, you know, you're putting up your hard-earned money against the tickets sold. You, do you ever think about doing it after you retire? I don't know, man. I, 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 I've thought about different various promoter-esque things. Mm-hmm. But... Wrestling's tough, as you know. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, so tell me, so, so if you're going to put on a show, like, what exactly do you need to do? I, I mean, local town, I run a lot of smaller towns. Because, mm-hmm. you know, smaller towns, they don't get much mm-hmm. of entertainment. So I'll do a lot of small towns in So area. give me a name of a town that you would run. Denton, Maryland. Or- Denton, Maryland. Mm-hmm. That sounds like, yeah. yeah you have, you've s- never heard of it. <laughs> Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yes. You know, Memphis Wrestling. This is Denton, Maryland. Okay. Yep. So I'll go down there. And uh, from Baltimore, where I live, it's it's like an hour, 15 minutes. I'll go down there. I'll put yard signs up everywhere. I'll, I'll buy advertisement online. I'll do like 5,000 flyers. Because it's not a big town. So you do... 5,000 flyers and you put them at the gas stations and you know everywhere that allow you to put flyers uh, yeah that's so you rent you get a rent a building yes what do you usually look for like a community center or or, or like what do you, a gym well uh, yeah like 
someplace small, like a fire hall, like a high school. High schools are always great because the kids that go to the high school, it's like, you know, the talk of the high school. Mm-hmm. Oh, wrestling's coming here. we got to go to that, even if they're not wrestling fans. So high schools are always good. But, yeah, like fire halls, um, gyms, uh, high school gyms, uh, bingo halls, you know, as the Miz was talking about on SmackDown the other week. Yeah, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So then you, you rent the building, and then you put out the flyers and get the advertising. Then how do you book, how do you book the card? Um, you know, local guys in the area, um, like whoever's close, I'll book that. I'll always bring in one or two names. Um, like on well, my last show, I had Gangrel and Sonny. They were on the show. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll do one or two names. I won't go crazy with it like some promotions do, but I'll do one or two just to get you know somebody on the poster that people may recognize. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I, I think that's one of those things that, that maybe sometimes, uh, especially rookie promoters, make the mistake of like, okay, I've got, I'm just going to throw names out there, nothing against anybody. I got Hockey Tech Man, I got Brutus Beef, I got Greg Valentine, I got Gangrel, I got Sonny, I got Marty Gennetti, I got. And instead of like maybe one or two people will sell the same amount of tickets as 10 guys will, right? right? Like you mm-hmm. said, you just need a name to put on the poster. And then that's kind of where you can spend the, the majority right. of the cash, and, right? And it depends on how big the town is. If it's a bigger town, I'll try a bigger name. Mm-hmm. I've had Bret Hart before, and that was wow. Yeah, and that was um, and a suburb of Baltimore here called Glen Burnie. It's not, yeah, 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 yeah. It's so it's a big town. So we drew very well with Bret. Yeah, long line for autographs and everything. He was real cool. So, so you bring him in to do uh, do signing. Yes. A signing or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So how do you contact all these people? Oh, you just, you know, just uh, word of mouth, getting getting contacts for people and talking to people and getting, you know, to different people. The network. Yes. Because everyone's got their demands. I'm sure if you're going to book somebody like a Brett, it's yeah. a first class ticket, there's a hotel, there's a certain amount of money that you need to, to right. kind of pony up to. Yeah, you just got to trust that he's going to make the money back and that you're going to bust your butt so the money will come back. Yeah. Okay, so okay, tell me the best show you've ever promoted. And then the worst show you've ever played. Oh, this is great. Um, <laughs> the best one was at this high school called Liberty High School in Eldersburg, Maryland. And I had Lita. It was a joint show with Big Time Wrestling. I did a joint with them. Lita, Tommy Dreamer. I'm trying to think who else there. Shane Douglas. And there was one more name. Lita, Tommy Dreamer, Shane Douglas. And Jake. Jake was okay. there. Jake Roberts. He was the, he was the big name. And we had like it's like fourteen hundred people. The bleachers wow. are packed, and uh, the you know the floor is packed. So that that was that was the best. And it was four names. I mean, not yeah, yeah, yeah. not a lot, but it's just enough for a high school. And so we had like fourteen hundred people. That was so that you're was collecting awesome. the money for this show, just going. Oh. And then I'll tell you about the worst. Was it <laughs> Pennsylvania, man? They. They had a real bad storm the day before where everybody lost power and you know and I'm stubborn. I'll I don't want to cancel shows. I, this was a mistake on my part and I'll admit it. Everybody's like, Man, we gotta cancel, we gotta cancel. I'm like, Oh, the storm's over, it's you know <laughs> the sun's out, let's let's have the show. And I'm I'm glad twenty three people showed up to see the show. Twenty three people. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, lost lost by but that night, but I mean, it, it was because I was, I was a mistake that I learned that you know, if there's a bad storm and the people in the town don't have power, don't run. Just <laughs> say, you know, that's pretty obvious. But right? I was just stubborn. I was, you know, probably about five years ago that happened. But. Is it hard as a promoter to still have to pay everybody knowing that you made you know twenty three tickets sold? No, man, I I make sure I have the money before I ever put on a show. I make sure, okay, what's my cost for this show going to be? I make sure I have the money for it before one ticket's sold. Because mm-hmm. I, I do not believe in screwing anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, so I always make sure I have the money before I ever, ever do a show. Right, 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 yeah. Well, that Because that, that, you, you understand both sides of the coin. Yes. I'm sure yes. you've been ripped off many times oh, yeah. by promoters, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Sorry, the house is late tonight, uh, you know, and I'm not nobody. <laughs> here's, a, here's a check. And I'm just like, all right, well, thanks for the opportunity. And then you drive home, but you pay your own gas and all. I've been yeah, through it yeah. numerous times, yeah. So you run, you said, 20 shows a year? Yes. How many shows do you wrestle a year, usually? Oh, I mean, every weekend, probably, and sometimes it's two or three times. I, if I had to, like, say a number, I, I'd say I'd wrestle probably 100 times a year. Hmm, that's, that's, that's actually pretty impressive for on the indie scene. Right, yeah, I just try to do it as much as I can. Is that always mm-hmm. just in the area of, like, Pennsylvania and Massachusetts and, or uh, wherever we are? Maryland? I mean, I've, I've been to probably every state on um, up and down the East Coast. Mm-hmm. I've been to Niagara Falls, the Canada side. Um, I, I've been to... Like the middle of the country, a couple of times. So I just try to go wherever, and especially when I didn't have kids. Before I had kids, this is all I did. Yeah, I was like, man, I'll drive. 
I'll drive to Georgia from Baltimore, 14 hours to wrestle in a barn, get $20. True story. <laughs> Did you? Have- yes. So I just I believed in you, you, what you put in it, you'll get out of it. So. Well, it's you know paying the proverbial dues. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I said, all of those things. And, and like I said, that, that's why when you had your opportunity on Monday Night Raw to do the promo, to do the match, that was 14 years of driving 14 hours for 20 bucks yes it all goes into the experience bucket to be able to cut a promo that was really good Mm -hmm. you know what i mean had you not had those experiences you might not have been able to respond the way you did right yeah i guess i was well prepared for it Mm -hmm. yeah just i I like the mic man and so any show i'm on i'll if they don't have a promo that you know next to my name i'll go hey can i cut a promo i'll only be a minute or two like i won't ramble on i know people get bored real quick so Mm -hmm. it's just just 30 seconds to it like a minute and they oh yeah go ahead and do it always ask i think asking in the business is big because you know questions that don't get asked don't get answered mm-hmm. so always always just ask so who are some of the the promoters that you work for some of the bigger ones Cause i know a couple of guys in the area are there some that you like to work for that that always treat you good well yeah like i said the big time wrestling guy steve perkins and his partner terry allen they always treat me well um i go and to Delaware, a smaller state um the guy named kevin brittenham he treats me well down there uh um, this guy, Jim, he used to run Kaida Pro Wrestling in Virginia. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Mm. Um, Jimmy Z, they call him. He uh, he tra- treated me very well. And then um, my favorite's a uh, guy by the name of Mike Mahoney. He, um, before anybody booked me constantly, he did. And then he ran twice a month in, in Delaware and in D.C. And this was when I first started. So you're talking like 2003, 2004 when I was first getting on shows. He booked me twice a month. So mm. I always appreciated that because he gave me a lot of work when nobody would. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Tell us some other uh, weird shows that you've worked. Has there been some? I mean, you mentioned a birthday party. You mentioned working in a barn. Oh man, <laughs> let me let me try to think. I know there's been there's been some where I'm like, wow. There was one. We were in a bar, and the blue mini was on the show. And a fake doink, and man, I love the fake doinks. <laughs> like it's, it's doinks, exactly. Uh, there's like a thousand. Of them. Oh man, and so blue mini and fake doinks are the are the names. Two people showed up to this bar. Meanwhile, across the streets, this big carnival, like, and there's kids and parents, and, and the Blue Minis telling the guy, go over there and just comp the kids. And come, <laughs> like, they'll come over here when they're bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was a good one. I, I had one one time where um, we first started in, in Calgary, and there's a, a, a town called Rimby outside of Calgary. It's the, the kind of a little, you know, farm town. There's, like, one community college in the, in the town. And we showed up for our show, but had seven paid, and the community college had the free beer bash, oh, welcome man. back to school night. Oh, so yeah. I think they had about a thousand. We yeah, had they outdrew paid. you, huh? Oh, yeah, <laughs> they outdrew us and, and out, outbuilt us and out everything else. And I remember just thinking, why would you book a show the same night as the college free beer bash right. across the street? And when I'm running my shows, I, I try to see what's going on in the, in the town that day to make sure I'm not. You know, competing with with anything. Yeah, you can't fight any of that stuff. Let's say there's a Beyonce concert in Baltimore and I want to run. Two blocks away, it's not going to happen. For you you got to think about that sort of yeah, stuff. Yes, so I always try to try to do that where I think about what's in the town that day. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. let me check before I go ahead and book the show. Right, smart, smart move. Yeah. So you mentioned before you worked against uh, Jake Roberts. Yes. So how, so working with those type of guys, are they trying at all to do anything, or is it just like ah, whatever, just get in there and shut up? Well, with Jake, the first time. I worked them. I guess if you know a lot of those guys, and you'll understand if if they don't know you, they don't mm-hmm. trust you. Which I get one hundred percent. I don't you know take that as as anything bad. So I worked Jake twice. The first time I worked him, got nothing in. You know, I took all this stuff and did a good job. So I, I got lucky enough to get booked to work him again two or three weeks later. And like he let me, like he sold for me. He like, and he's selling good. Like I'm I'm looking down at him. He's crawling up my boots and my knee pads and i'm thinking in the ring like i'm looking down i'm like jake roberts is selling for me like what? <laughs> and he's a big guy too right uh, you know yeah yeah, yeah. so i guess uh 
for payback at him selling for me after the match. Take the DDT. He, he takes the head of the snake and puts it down my tights. Like I'm scared. I'm not scared of snakes, but you know, he, hey, listen, you know, it's like, getting pretty close there, right? Yeah. So, I, oh, I freaked out. I probably knew I sold the DDT after that. I, snake bit my snake. So he, he gets to the back. He's like, "Well, I sold for you, kid." So there you go. That's that the receipt. The snake down my yeah. pants. Yeah. <laughs> but what, and who else did you say? Volkov. Obviously not the most agile of guys. Right, yeah. He, uh, he's actually fun. He's from the area, too. He lives in uh, near Towson okay. here in Maryland. So I see him a lot. He's a friend of mine. He, he's he's funny, so I love being around him. A lot, a lot of the ECW guys I've worked with. Like uh, who else? Oh, what did I say earlier? Um, Dreamer, Sandman. Dreamer's always fun. Oh, yeah. He's always... Do, and he, do you take care of you a little yes, bit? Yes, yeah. and he, you know, he's always willing to, you know, afterwards... To, tell you what you did good what you did bad and help you you know mm-hmm. he's always willing to help us uh, i always love working with him i think i've worked him twice the sandman i've worked a lot and those are just you know what those are you go there well kid i'm gonna be over because of my interest and yeah, you know how many beers he's drank before <laughs> and after oh, actually I, I love him too I, I there's not many people i hate i guess yeah. <laughs> but it, you know you take the keen shot shane douglas i love working shane he always you know takes care of me and he you know he'll he'll work a big angle he'll make the match into an angle before you know even if it's Nothing going on. He'll... Yeah, well, because you need that. Yes. You have to beat somebody. Mm-hmm. If you and I are working and there's nothing at stake, then what's the point? Right. You have to yeah. make something happen. So people care about right, it. Exactly. Right, exactly. And no matter if it's just a little kernel of something, at least you got uh, a thing to work with. Right. You yes. know what I mean? So him, um, I've worked a uh, little Guido. Nunzio, mm-hmm. I've worked with him, and he's probably the best. If I had to say the best wrestler I've ever been in the ring, he's, ah, he's a similar size as you. Yeah, he man, yeah. but being there with him, he's just so quick and so uh, it was awesome. So I, I learned a lot. I work with him. I, I, here's my favorite match. I'll tell you my favorite match. I worked the Rock and Roll Express. Mm. Loved it because they, when I was five years old, those are my guys that got me interested in mm. wrestling. Saw them on NWA TV when I'm five, and. So my partner Adam and I, I was telling you about earlier, we got to work with them, and that, that was that was cool. They're, they're characters. Yes. Oh, I love them. Yeah. <laughs> so how how did the how did you put together the match with them? Are they just calling it to you on the fly, or did you go did you talk about it beforehand? Well, this is 2009, so we're talking seven years ago, and you know, Ricky comes up to us. All right, listen, kid, we're old. <laughs> we're old. We'll, we'll try to do stuff with you, though. We'll, we'll give you a good match. We'll, you know, but, I mean, he was bumping his butt off. Still works yeah, great. He's awesome. Ricky. Same, same hairstyle from 1986. Yes. It still works great. He's awesome, and he's got his own school now, mm-hmm. I saw. And it was, so it was cool doing a tag team match with the Rock and Roll Express. That was very fun. And, you know, he says he's old and all that, but as soon as he got in there, I guess it's just that proverbial light bulb goes off in his head, and he just wants to do it's stuff. It's the instinct, yeah. Yeah, and it's the instinct, and he was you know, do they pull any of their, their pranks on you guys? Uh, <laughs> they used to do yeah. this one where they'd say, okay, um, point point your finger on the wall. Okay, so you, you touch the wall. Okay. Now back up with your eyes closed. Now walk back and try and point at the exact same spot where you touched earlier. Okay, so I touched the wall. I walk back. Little did I know that Robert Gibson bends down and pulls his pants down. And so when I walk back forward and try and touch the wall, I'm sticking my finger right, right up his ass. Oh, that's awesome. No, they didn't do that one, but that's <laughs> Who's great. the rib on me or him, right? <laughs> right yeah. And then they just erupt into laughter. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that you were a big Rock and Roll Express fan when you were a kid. Who else did you like when you were, when you were, uh, when you were watching? When I was very young, I was a big Ultimate Warrior guy. You know, it's weird. Like, until I got to be a teenager in the NWO days, when I was a kid, I wasn't a big Hulk Hogan guy. I always wanted to see Mr. Mr. Perfect pull off the upset or like Rick Rude or something. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. working with. Um, when I was a teenager, I loved the NWO, so I, mm-hmm. I was a Hogan fan then. But yeah, when I was a kid, I was all about like the heels, mm-hmm. like Mr. Perfect and Rick Ruth, and I like the Rock and Rolls out, you know. But they're big baby faces, and they were more WCW NWA guys. Yes. Did you get both? Yeah, yeah I got all the channels. Thank God with mm-hmm. all the wrestling, and, I, and if it was wrestling, I was watching it. it Where did you grow up? Here in Baltimore. Okay, good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so growing up, it was those guys. Then when I was teenagers, I got into the Chris Jericho's and the Triple H's, and you guys were my guys, mm-hmm. the Shawn Michaels, the, you know, the cool guys. That, you guys were always my guys. As Did you ever go to the shows or try and meet any of the guys or wait around trying to get autographs or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, well, we're sitting right now in the uh, – it's the Royal Farms Arena now. It was called the Bo- uh, Baltimore Arena when I was a kid. I'd be right out here, um, you know, waiting for you guys to come out and trying to get a picture or an autograph. Did you ever get one? 
Um, Road Dog and X Pac one time. Uh, and you know they were. We asked them if they had a pet. Did that was probably a bad question. <laughs> and they <laughs> they didn't have a pet. I'll just say. <laughs> and, uh, and told you so. Probably quite colorfully. Uh, oh yes. They uh, don't have a fucking pen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But we found a pet and they signed for us. They're like, all right, guys. So you know, have a good day. So yeah. Um, yeah, I met about quite a few people out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen you. I guess you just caught his kayfabe and uh, maybe I don't know. No, my favorite thing actually. I remember about Baltimore is Dean Malenko and I had a match here uh, that was maybe some kind of a street fight or something. We actually ended up fighting outside onto the street. Nice. And this is like there's no, you know, there's no uh, cordoning off the streets or putting pylons up or stopping cars. We're literally fighting with cars driving by. And right. I always remember like, what, Fun. what would happen if we actually got hit by a car? As long as it's on camera, I guess <laughs> or, it doesn't matter. Or a police right? officer sees you guys you know, yeah, like, arresting us during the, uh, well, during the great. matches. That would yeah. be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's so, so just as we wind down here, so you get your big break basically on Raw. What was told to you by the office? Did they want to have you back or did they say thanks a lot? I mean, obviously you're back because you're sitting here again. Yes. Um, two days later, they contacted me on the Wednesday, two days after Raw, and said, hey, can you be in TV at Atlanta next week if needed? I said, yes, I'll be anywhere you need me to be at any time. I said, cool. So that didn't come through. I guess it was too early. My, my, I don't know if this is true or not. Just my thinking, Strowman's a big man. I'm very small. Man, it's too quick. That's yeah. my thinking. You should be in the hospital. I, for I, right. I, I wasn't told that, but I was thinking. And then they hit me up and said, hey, are you available for SummerSlam? And I said, yeah. Um, no, I, said, I told you I'm available for whenever you need me. Friday before SummerSlam, they, they hit me up. Sorry, uh, it's not going to happen. Um, but when we're in Richmond, Baltimore, Philly, we're going we're gonna to have you and we're going to do something. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. You know, I'm, I, I know this is luck. Very blessed, very humbling. The social media stuff and everything—it's—it's it's luck and timing, right? Timing, timing's everything. And like you said, right look and maybe the right promo and the right—you know—the right opponent, mm-hmm. David and Goliath type story. So everything just lightning bolt—you know, lightning bolt in the bottle for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very lucky to be here, and I know it. So it, you know, SummerSlam didn't come through. I was very excited to get the email and didn't come through. Obviously, I'm—you know—for me, I'm like, oh man. But I get that I'm very lucky to even be on the radar, so mm-hmm. I can't be mad about it. It's interesting because it doesn't matter how long you've been in the business. It even happens to me sometimes. We'll say, okay, I, we're thinking about this idea where you're going to work with so-and-so. And I'll be like, yeah, this is great. And then, of course, eh, Vince changes his mind. You're not doing it. And you're like, ah. And this is like Chris Jericho after you know 26 years of doing this. Mm-hmm. It still happens that way. And it's like almost like a little bit of a mind a mind. You're like, ah, oh, man, I'm in, I'm out, I'm in, I'm out. Right. It's like the seesaw world of, of wrestling. And it's, uh, I don't know, for you, for me, it was, it's all I've been thinking about since. Mm-hmm. Like, are they going to go with this? Or are they going to be like, eh, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm here now, and I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I was told I was going to do something tomorrow on SmackDown. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's happening or not. We'll see. By the time people listen to this, it might already happen or it didn't. <laughs> but you just you just don't know. But I like I am of the mindset of I'm very lucky and fortunate to be here. And do you think that your 14 years of experience makes it a little easier for you to deal with the roller coaster ride? Yes and no. Yes, because I've been through it before. No, because I haven't been through it before to this extent, mm-hmm. at this high of a level. But, I mean, either way, I, I just know I'm lucky to be here. Sure, sure. And you keep saying, obviously, you're a very humble guy. And you've been here for a couple hours today. Did you go to the show yesterday? This, 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 yes. The, uh, Did you get anybody in the locker room saying, hey, James Ellsworth? Did anybody say hi to you that had Yeah, yeah a, lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. of the boys. Like, And the biggest one to me was Vince. Vince came back and said, Ellsworth's here. You know, and I was like, oh, what? cool. Yeah. He did? Yeah. He like, walked past you and said that? Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, that, of course, that's a big problem. Like, yes, he remembers me. You know, like, you know it's funny. I even tell Text Vince uh, after the show in Pittsburgh, and I said, "Hey man, you got to book that James Ellsworth again." I even had an idea. I said, wow. I said "Let me dress him up as Enzo and beat the shit out of him." <laughs> that's that's when we were working me and Owens against Enzo and Cass. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you said, I think you got your foot in the door with this against all odds, unique look. Once again, did a great job. And if they keep calling you. I think sooner or later it's because they're going to have you do something else. I hope so. You know what I mean? I, I mean, you've right. seen how many guys come and go through these doors. Absolutely. Right? And the fact that you got what you got was pretty cool because there hasn't been a, a squash dummy a job guy on the show since you that stood out the way that you right, did. Right, yeah. Then, like, the next week I'm watching Raw, and, and it was Raw was almost doing. Maybe it was your ideas, what they were thinking about. Maybe, I don't know. Like, they never told me. But then the job guy works Strowman again doing the interview, and I'm like, ah, well, that's the end of me. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, Twitter. 
well, where's Ellsworth? Who's this guy? Like, I'm like, wow, really? Like, people, <laughs> do, they people like, they, they actually care? Like, that's yeah. just, my, that was my mindset. They really care. Wow, this is cool. Like, you know. You never, never know thought. what's going to stick in, in, in wrestling, you know what I mean? So, do you, and I noticed that you have a, a shirt there, your two hands, any man with a fighting, <laughs> what is it again? Any man with two hands? Any man with two hands has a fighting chance. And, and there's a, a shirt of that now. Yes, well, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. You can go in there, search James Ellsworth, and it's right up there. So, so did they contact you right afterwards or did you contact them or how did it go well i contacted them it was like the day after and they kind of didn't write me back right away Mm -hmm. and then i guess they saw like all the social media stuff and they wrote me back yeah man we'll we'll go ahead and put you on and 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 it's selling good yeah it's doing very well was that was that one of your first shirts or did you make a lot of merch oh well for the tag team the pretty ugly tag team i was telling you about we had a lot of merch a lot of uh, rocky horror picture show looking stuff so okay yeah like what like with the frank inferter on it or with who well like it would say pretty ugly and have the lips from like right and like (laughs) you know and maybe drip dripping and all that (laughs) but this is the first official James Ellsworth T-shirt. Yes. Have you seen anybody wearing it yet? Yeah, people will like you know tweet me or, or on Facebook and send a picture of them wearing it and you know do the quote and all that. It's really cool. Well, see, so here's what we're gonna do. See, so this is what you have to do. Anybody that has a James Ellsworth, any man with two hands has a fighting chance T-shirt. Uh, take a picture of it, post it at Talk Is Jericho on the Twitter, and we will uh, tag what's your t- Twitter. At Real Ellsworth. Real Ellsworth. So, so tag Real Ellsworth at Talk is Jericho, and I'll do this. You can do it if you want, and I'll, I'll retweet you, and I'll follow you. Oh, great. Sounds good. You're already following me, though. So it's no, good. but I'm saying I'll follow the fans. Oh, the fans. Oh, yeah. See, here, how about, see, how about that out there, uh, people listening? Are you going to do the same thing? Yes, I will. See, Real Ellsworth will follow you and retweet it as well. So get your James Ellsworth t-shirts. <laughs> More importantly, Jericho will follow you. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And what, is the, what does the shirt look like? It has two fists, and it says my name, James Ellsworth, in big red letters, and then under it says any man with two hands has a fighting chance. And where did you get that, that, that phrase from? I've never heard that Dude, before. Dude, honestly, it just popped in my head that day. Like, it just, because, like, I was hitting Strowman twice. Okay, so you had two punches. Yeah, and I, so that's what I thought about. Like, it just popped in my head that day. Genius. <laughs> what, what happens for you now beyond uh, possible WWE bookings? Um, I'm going to continue, uh, you know, to run shows. I'm going to hope and pray this works out still, the, this mm-hmm. WWE stuff. I'm, I'm really, really, you know, hoping that happens. If not, I'll just um, keep running my shows, keep working independence, and keep sending him resumes here and hoping something works out in the future. Have you ever had a chance to go overseas at all or anything like that? Not yet. Um, there's some people from over there right, contacting me now, which is cool. So I always wanted to go to the UK. I haven't been over there, so I'm hoping to go over there soon. It's amazing. Like I said, all it takes sometimes is one little uh, foot in the door, and then you can be able to kick it open. Right, and just doing this podcast, I'm sure, is going to help out a lot. So I really appreciate you asking me to come on. It means a lot to me. Doug. Now, I always finish up my podcast by saying, who was your favorite match? You told us against the Rock and Roll Express. Yes. What's your favorite match against? Is there some other guys that no one else might know about that you've had some good matches with? Like, who's your favorite opponent to work with? Um, there's this guy. Uh, he, he wrestles. There, there's a couple of them. A guy named Sickened. He wrestles under Sickened, and he's Sickened. Uh, yes, like and, I'm Sickened. To yeah. Me here. Okay. Yes, and he's so athletic, and everything he does looks so crisp. And I wrestle him a lot. This guy, Steve Diaz, he's very good. Guy by the name of Kendrick Kamari. He um does like a vampire gimmick. Has like a vampire girl by the name of Yana Lang come out to the ring with him. They have a cool little gimmick. I like wrestling him. And this guy, uh, Lewis Rich, which I th- he got his name from like uh, like. Dairy or something like meat in the deli or like Lewis Rich and he's funny. So Lewis Rich, Lewis Rich, Lewis Rich. Okay. Yes, <laughs> like the, the deli meat. Yeah, guy. the deli meat. That's where he got his name. So I always <laughs> pop for that. But he's fun to work. Yes, those are my four guys. I would say Kendrick, uh, Lewis Rich, and this guy Doyle Day. I like working with him. He, Doyle Day, like Mars Day from the time. Mm-hmm. That's his gimmick. He's Doyle Day and he dresses up from the time. Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, that's cool, man. There's a lot of local talent and, and uh, that people have never really had a chance to see. Yeah, that's the good. Last one I'll say, and I'm pro- I'm pretty sure you've heard of him, a guy by the name of Ruckus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Why have I heard that name? Is he Ring of Honor? Has he worked Ring of Honor? He's he worked? worked everywhere. He's worked in Japan. He's worked Ring of Honor. He's worked uh, CZW. He, he works for me now. He's actually the ACW champion, Drumlin mm-hmm. Championship Wrestling Champion. And, yeah, he's he's awesome. I, I never understood why he didn't get here. Maybe just it wasn't for him. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's great. Great, man. Last thing I want you to do, uh, give me your catchphrase. Well, if you have a dream out there, I, I'm living proof that it can happen. 
for you because I mean, I've been doing this 14 years. I never thought I had a chance, but I learned very soon that day that any man with two hands has a fighting chance. Keep chasing your dreams. Yeah, boy. James Ellsworth, man. He's the newest and hottest enhancement guy at WWE, James Ellsworth. He was just on SmackDown on Tuesday. Hopefully, he gets revenge against The Miz this uh, week on SmackDown. I hope we see more of him. But like I said, anyone who has a James Ellsworth, any man who has two hands, has a Fighting Chance t-shirt. If you have a James Ellsworth t-shirt, take a picture of it. Post it at Talk is Jericho and at Real Ellsworth, and we will follow you and retweet you, okay? James Ellsworth, great guy. So uh, thank you once again for checking out Talk is Jericho. And thanks for checking out the Jericho Network at Podcast One. We're doing our best to keep you entertained. We got Keeping It 100 with Conan and his cast of characters on Thursdays. Uh, very funny show. A very great uh, analytical show as well. They had a good conversation about women's wrestling this week and about uh, the Battle of Los Angeles. The, the PWG shows really enjoyed that. Uh, great, great show. Huge hit already right out of the gates. Another hilarious show. Team Tiger Awesome releasing ridiculous episodes every Sunday. This one coming up is no exception. They're talking Beef Buddies. Uh, we're going to find out who Truly's Beef Buddy is and sharing stories about the times they literally wanted to kick their own asses and how if they could try, uh, travel back in time, they literally would do that. There's also a discussion about funeral sandals and the Phantom Menace. So much going on in Team Tiger Austin. They will be back on Talk is Jericho momentarily. But until then, they are on every Sunday on the Jericho Network on Podcast One. So subscribe to the Jericho Network podcast at iTunes. Leave everyone five-star ratings and reviews, a little pixie dust. You won't be disappointed. And you won't be disappointed on March 15th, 2017, when we have the biggest podcast ever. Mick Foley joining Talk is Jericho. The countdown rolls on in 180 days and counting. Thank you so much for uh, for being here. Thanks for checking out my great sponsors. Go to Indochino.com. Use my promo code Jericho at checkout. Get a custom-fit suit for $389 plus free shipping ddpyoga.com slash jericho changed my life it can change yours as well you get 20% off the ddp yoga program plus three months full access to the ddp yoga now app also DraftKings. use my promo code y2j to play for free with no deposit this weekend go to betdsi.com use my promo code jericho 25 to get 25 bucks for free when you sign up and of course the og sponsor amazon all my Amazon links at podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got the Amazon links for the USA, the UK, the Canada. A. Every time you use Talk is Jericho links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to this show to help us cover production costs. You can buy anything you want on Amazon. Use them links. They're not going to cost you anything. No hidden fees, extra charges. Just go to podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit Talk is Jericho. Thank you so much. Keep listening for the 60-second AP news headlines coming up next and keep listening for next wednesday you guys have been asking for it it is the return of talk and shop here on talk is jericho uh luke gallows and carl anderson plus our rotating fourth member it's a surprise uh don't worry it's nobody big you're not gonna know who the hell he is but he's fun this is talk and shop live in australia as presented by talk is jericho it's going to be more of what you can expect from uh, talk and shop a lot of ridiculousness uh, bad characters bad jokes nobody paying attention when anybody else is saying a couple drinky winkies going on we're back baby talk and shop live in australia presented by talk is jericho coming up this wednesday have a great weekend remember who loves you baby i do yeah boy you can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcast1.com.